You are listening to the Super Mom is Getting Tired podcast. I'm your host, Tori Henderson, and this is episode 63. All links and show notes can be found by going to lifecoachingforparents.com slash 63. Welcome to the Super Mom is Getting Tired podcast. This show is designed for moms who invest everything into parenting, but get overwhelmed, lost, and resentful. Listen and learn how to unburden yourself, feel calm, full of energy, and in control. I'm your host, Master Certified Life Coach, Teacher, and Recovering Supermom, Tori Henderson. Hey, Supermoms, before we get to today's very important episode, I just want to let you know that I forgot to record my last webinar, Teaching kids to stay safe without teaching them to be scared. So I'm going to do a replay this Thursday, March 26th at 1 p.m. Pacific. That's 4 p.m. Eastern time zone. So if you missed the webinar, please join me this Thursday. Bring your fears, your worries. If you're living with someone who's also scared, great opportunity to bring it to the webinar. I hope you'll join me. Go to lifecoachingforparents.com slash webinar to sign up and get the link. Hello, super moms. Oh my gosh. How are you surviving this craziness? We are on lockdown, shelter in place, social distancing, whatever you want to call it. (laughs) We are in it. We got all kids at home, nothing going on. (laughs) Many moms are trying to now work from home. And I want to ask you guys a favor. This is all about reaching out and helping others, right? So I would love for you to share this episode in particular with every mom that you know, especially a mom who is working from home while having young children at home. They are really struggling. And so this is going to be a great, helpful support for them and a message I really want them to receive. So share it on your social media, send it to them in a link. You can click on the this podcast in particular, and just share it as a text to somebody that you know, because these mamas are not okay. (laughs) It is craziness. And today, the question of the day comes from Jacqueline. And she writes me in a very kind of urgent tone, any suggestions for how we are all to survive the next three plus weeks without school due to COVID-19? How do we stay sane? So that is what we were talking about today. How do we stay sane with kids at home? Whether you're working or inside the home, you know, maybe you, you had a routine, even let's say you don't have a job that you now have to do from home, or maybe you were working from home already, but now you have this big disruption to your routine as far as the kids being in the house all the time. And of course, this lovely expectation of homeschooling that a lot of parents are freaking out about. So my parent education answer to Jacqueline of how do we survive and stay sane? Staying home with kids for three plus weeks is actually a neutral circumstance. So there isn't really anything inherently wrong with this scenario, even though most moms would agree it's a recipe for insanity. You know, a lot of us struggle like in the summertime when the kids are home a lot. I know I do. I really seem to do well with an external structure for my day. And school really provides that. And so when they're home all the time and there's no structure, I 
have to work a little bit harder, <laughs> to be honest. And some people love it. They love the fluid openness of summertime and no problems at all. So Jacqueline sounds a little more like me. Like this, the idea of having the kids at home for three plus weeks is making her really nervous. And the way she worded it, I could tell that her brain had gone into this fight, flight, or freeze response. Whenever you feel this sense of urgency, it means your brain is in fight, flight, or freeze. So if you're like yelling, you need to get off the computer right now. Oh my God, I can't take this anymore. (laughs) That sometimes it's anger, but sometimes it's just that your brain has gone into fight, flight, or freeze when there's that sense of urgency, whether you're running around trying to like fold clothes quickly, which doesn't work all that well. Um, racing from one thing to the next or snapping and like, you need to stop. Like that sense of urgency, that's usually a sign that your brain is going on crazy mode. You know, we have this instinct, this fight, flight, or freeze response. It's our brain's natural instinct when faced with a life-threatening situation. If you're being chased by a bear, you want your brain to go into fight, flight, or freeze. If someone's standing over you with a knife looking at you threateningly, you want to have this built-in instinctual response. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to know what to do because you will just react accordingly. If there's a snake coiled up in the corner ready to pounce, if a car swerves in front of you, you're prepared. You doesn't have to come from your conscious brain. This is a really helpful skill that we all have. The problem is that our brains can't differentiate between real life and imagination. And so a real life and immediate threat, this fight, flight, or freeze instinct is helpful. When it's coming from our imagination and we're just creating a scary future scenario that might include some catastrophizing and some futurizing, then it does not serve us so well because we go into fight or flight and freeze, but there's no immediate action step to take. So whatever Jacqueline is thinking and imagining how the next few weeks are going to go, it's a pretty fear-inducing picture. So the way the flight response might show up for super moms during COVID-19 and this uh, shelter in place is, oh, let's say yelling at your family to wash their hands, to not go outside, to go outside, to get off the computer, to disinfect, to take a shower, to go to bed. (laughs) Yelling is usually part of that fight response, that kind of, you need to do this right now. Uh, Getting annoyed with kids for not doing their schoolwork making too many messes. I mean, really getting annoyed with kids for just about everything. Fighting with husbands. Anybody notice that you and your spouse are, because there's tension. There's so much collective fear in our country that it's easy to pick up on it. And so sometimes it shows up as fighting with whoever's closest to us. So you might fight about the distribution of labor in the home, like who's doing the kids, who's doing the cooking, who's doing the dishes, because you're all under one roof. You might fight over leaving the house or not leaving the house, stockpiling food. (laughs) Like the act of stockpiling can be kind of this act of like, oh, no, I've got to get enough toilet paper to last me for a year. Uh, Rebelling against recommendations by the government or CDC to stay indoors. Like if that act of rebellion might be a, a sign of the fight response. The flight response, fleeing fleeing the scene and running away can look like busily moving from one task to another, anything with a sense of urgency, 
sometimes it's like getting annoyed with kids for not working hard enough, which could be the fight. But if you're just, if you're not fighting with them, but you're just kind of getting annoyed with them and wishing that they would be different, uh, you might notice emotional eating, drinking, other avoidant activities, things that you're doing to run away from your emotions. Like, I don't want to think and feel about what my brain is telling me. And so I'm going to focus on other things. That's why focusing on the kids and schooling sometimes is a flight response. I know for me, when I I was on my way to the airport to fly to Dallas for a business conference, and when I found out that it was canceled and that the, you know, we were all asked to stay home and all this social distancing. And I had a little panicky moment. I was definitely like a horse running around the ring. <laughs> that flight response took over. And because I couldn't literally get on a flight, I had to go home and stay put. And I ended up like calling everybody I knew and just texting and talking to people that I, my loved ones that are in every corner of the globe. I reached out to them, you know, talking in the FaceTiming, Skype, everything, because I I just was in a little panicky state. And I did that for about two days, kind of had a hard time functioning, <laughs> doing much else. Of course, I had nothing on my calendar because I was supposed to be traveling. And then had a little like meltdown, kind of uh, had to surrender, I would say, a, a surrendering day to the new reality and the new norm. And ever since then, I've been fine. So everybody's going to kind of react differently. One way the flight response shows up for people is researching, worrying, planning, and anticipating future problems. So that's why the, this if our brain is in fear and this flight response, we want to worrying and researching and kind of figuring things out. It feels like we're taking action. So it feels somewhat productive, but it's just an intellectual action. It's not really a real life action. And so that's why it's part of the fear response. And then of course, there's the freeze response, which is really moving slowly, not really accomplishing anything. I remember how when I was in this plate place, I used to just like, I'd walk through the kitchen, I'd put like one glass in the dishwasher, and then I would fold two shirts from the dryer. And then I would pick up a piece of garbage and throw it away. And I just kind of putzed around the house, moving from one thing to the other, but not really ever accomplishing anything and not really being in my like conscious, deliberate brain. So if you're feeling like you're kind of in zombie mode, feeling lethargic, zoning out, you know, kind of into Netflix or news channels, for sure, that's a, a freeze response. Difficulty making decisions, not thinking clearly, oversleeping, anything like that is part of that freeze response. So it's just a sign that you're imagining something scary. And I can't help Jacqueline until I know what it is that she's imagining is scary. And I would say for you, if you if any of those sounded familiar and you feel like you might be in the state of fight, flight or freeze or your kids are. The first step is to ask yourself, what is I'm afraid of? Specifically, why am I afraid of it? What do I imagine is going to happen? Where is my brain going? And sometimes it helps to take out a journal and just kind of do a thought download and everything that's in your brain, put it onto paper, and then you can kind of take a look at it. So if coronavirus 
social distancing is leaving you worried or anxious. You want to make sure you do this right in, in a journal, figure out what you're scared of. But here's Jacqueline's response to my question. She writes, for me, I am most concerned with staying patient, especially with my six-year-old who struggles to follow instructions and is often very needy. With schools and camps in the summer, we get a break from each other uh, regularly enough to stay sane, but several weeks together seems daunting. I don't want to resort to screen time, but I need to get my own work done. Setting boundaries with her is challenging for me. I wish this could feel like a gift of time with the kids, but I don't enjoy parenting much, so it fills me with dread. So many people are going to be worse off, so I hate to complain. Okay, Jacqueline. Now that we know that your main concern is losing patience, we can dive into the life coaching answer. But I just want you to be really aware of the last sentence. I want everybody to kind of listen. I'm going to repeat this. She says, So many people are going to be worse off, so I hate to complain. So a sentence like that, what it does is it shows us there's, she struggles with self-compassion and because she's already feeling guilty, which, and guilt is kind of keeps us from going inward. And the most helpful thing we can do is to figure out what you're scared of. But when you say like, oh, other people are going to be worse off than me. This is silly to complain. I shouldn't even ask. When we do that, we kind of downplaying ourselves. It's being mean to ourselves and it will keep you from looking inward and actually figuring out and discovering it. And so just be really aware of that. It's kind of throwing yourself under the bus. Like, oh, I hate to complain, but like, let's complain. The reason I chose this one is to do is because so many people are going to be in the same boat. This is a very common question and a typical problem. So I'm so grateful that you complained, Jacqueline. I'm so thankful that you wrote in. And just be mindful of that voice in your head that's like, oh, I shouldn't complain. People are going to be worse off than me. No, (laughs) complain because it helps you dig in and figure it out. All right. So the life coaching answer is that what Jacqueline doesn't realize is that the thing that's scaring her the most is what she's going to say to herself about herself when she loses her patience. This is always the biggest fear. The biggest fear moms have, you think that our children dying is like our biggest fear. Like that's the worst thing that could happen to us, losing our parents, losing our spouse, losing our children. But death and grief are normal parts of the human experience. The worst thing that would happen is what we would say to ourselves if they die. I shouldn't have let her go to the park. I should have been more diligent with the hand washing. I failed as her parent. It's that negative self-talk that we really are scared of. Like that's the worst thing that's going to happen. So what are the scary things that Jacqueline will say to herself when she loses her patience with her daughter? Well, I don't know, but I'm going to guess it's something like, I messed up. I'm not a good mom. I'm failing. It's the shame and guilt that follow that kind of self-berating that is making this shelter in place seem unbearable. She's afraid of what she's going to say to herself about herself. But guess who determines what she says to herself? (laughs) We all get to decide what we're going to say to ourselves if we yell, if we snap, if we lose our cool, if they watch too many 
video games or Netflix or their on-screen time too much. Like we still have the power to decide what we want to say to ourselves about that. Jacqueline says, I don't enjoy parenting much, so it fills me with dread. But the cause of the dread is the thought she's going to have about herself in the future. And we all do this. This is Jacqueline. This is not unique to you. We all do this. We kind of like dress rehearse pain. We're like, well, in the future, I'm going to beat myself up. So let me just beat myself up now for even asking the question (laughs) and complaining And so that somehow it prepares me for the beating I'm going to get later on for snapping at my kids. When Jacqueline attempts to do something like set a boundary with her child, but she's filled with dread, kind of worried about the beating that she's going to give herself afterwards. Well, guess what? It makes it really hard to set that boundary because kids can sense our like wishy-washy energy and they dismiss it. We can go into overly authoritative and like yelling and be like, you know, you're never going to watch Netflix again to like exhaustion and permissiveness. Like, oh, I don't care. Just do what you want. Just don't let me see. (laughs) I don't want to know. So when we go back and forth like that, we get into inconsistent parenting and the kids sense that whenever we set a boundary, like, yeah, she's not going to stick with it. I know my mom. She's not coming from a calm, confident energy. And the reason we don't have the calm, confident energy is because we've got these inner, inner mean girls inside our heads that are running the show. So what I work with my clients on is recognizing this inner mean girl and learning how to work with her. Say hello to her, negotiate, but don't let her be in charge. This is your brain and your life, and you get to decide how you want to feel about your parenting. Feeling guilty sucks. Sometimes we think guilt is a sign of like being caring and conscientious. I used to think that like worrying made me a good mom, but it doesn't. It doesn't help you parent effectively. Like all of our kids deserve to have moms who are confident, peaceful, and joyful. So make a decision right now, a commitment to speak nicely to yourself no matter how imperfectly you parent. Set the intention to support yourself with kindness and compassion, especially during this crazy coronavirus time. Today's Supermom Kryptonite is thinking life should be business as usual. So many moms are stressing themselves out, trying to be the perfect homeschooling parent while continuing to do a seamless job working from home or taking care of the home, cooking, cleaning, everything they did before. If ever there has been a time to let go of perfectionism, it is now. We are so accustomed to following orders, doing what we're told, and thinking that we're not doing enough and we should be doing more, that it's a natural progression to try and bring that into a pandemic. We learned how to be successful in life by jumping through hoops, getting straight A's, doing what others expected of us, obeying expectations, getting promoted. Like we know how to create success in the past. But the scary and beautiful thing is that there is no right way to move through a global pandemic. Other than stay home, we get to figure out what works for us. 
there is no right or wrong here. And for a lot of us, it's freeing. And for some of us, it's scary because we're used to having that external structure. So when the teachers send you homeschooling plans, it's like, oh, I guess I have to do this. But you don't. (laughs) You do not need to homeschool. They can offer suggestions and websites and read alouds and whatnot, but it's still up to you to do whatever feels good to you. Can you have kids playing in the background during your client calls? Of course. Can you be in the kitchen cooking during conference calls? Uh, How else will your kids eat? Won't your children fall behind if they don't stay on top of the schoolwork? Yep. Every child in the country will be behind. (laughs) Can your kids go a week without bathing? Well, mine did. There's no way to go through a global pandemic that is right, wrong, good, bad. You know, it's just surviving. And that's okay. So create a structure that feels good to you. Let your kids sleep, play, do whatever they need to do to adjust to this new normal. I needed three days of kind of panicking. (laughs) First, the the horse running around the ring, that little panicky thing. And then I just kind of sunk in and surrendered. And I took a day to myself to like, I didn't talk to anybody for like 12 hours. My husband's like, what is going on with you? I'm like, I just need to not talk. And it was very helpful. I needed to do that. And so let yourself do what you need to do to adjust to this new normal you know, uh, crawl up into a ball in your bed and the fetal position if you need to. Uh, Just let your kids fall apart if they need to. Let yourself fall apart. Like, it's okay. We're all adjusting. We have no idea what's going to happen at the end of this. Our economy is falling apart. Certain infrastructures will not survive. The skills that you and your kids will need in the future are resourcefulness, passion, curiosity, and being open to opportunities. My highest hope is that kids will use this time to explore their own interests and discover their own passions, because never before have they had so much freedom, you know, without somebody else telling them what to do and how to fill their days and and what to think about and where to be. This is like their own time. With this break from school, as we have always known it, I would love to see a little little mini renaissance. Children discovering their own creativity, exploring art, music, and other pursuits ignited by curiosity and passion, not from external authority. Maybe they'll learn to cook during this time. Maybe they'll plant a garden. Who knows? But I hope that your children will remember this coronavirus quarantine in a positive way. I mean, they're going to remember it for the rest of their lives. So I say let's do whatever it takes to make it a positive experience for them and for you. Let it be a time where they had freedom to explore, a time of independence where they learn to do their own laundry and trust that the answers they need to be successful in life have always been inside them. Today's super mom power boost is a Netflix party workout. So my 15 year old daughter introduced me to a Netflix party workout. And so what you do is there's a new Chrome extension called Netflix party. 
and you can download it. And this allows you to watch a show while interacting with your friends. And then once you and your friends have picked a show to watch together online, then go to Pinterest and search Netflix workouts. There, you're going to see fun, creative ways people have been turning their favorite shows into exercise programs. It's things like squat during every surgery on Grey's Anatomy and plank when they talk about sex. Do a burpee every time Jim from the office looks at the camera. Five push-ups when Sheldon states a scientific fact on Big Bang Theory. Do 10 lunges every time someone on Survivor finds an immunity idol. And 10 jumping jacks every time he who must not be named is named. I love how this combines socialization, exercise, and entertainment. But what I love even more is that this is something our younger generation, the kids, made up on their own, (laughs) demonstrating their resourcefulness, their desire to stay connected and have fun. Today's quote of the day, the greatest danger during times of turbulence is not the turbulence. It is to act with yesterday's logic. Peter Drucker. All right, super moms, I wish you good luck, stay healthy, and know that I am here for you. I am with you in the trenches, locked in the house with two teenagers. Make sure you join the Super Mom is Getting Tired Facebook group because I'm going to be doing a lot of webinars and challenges and things to help us all stay sane during this crazy time. Take care. Want a free life coaching session? Go to lifecoachingforparents.com and schedule yours today. And thank you so much for listening. I would love it if you would subscribe and share these podcasts with your friends. If you have a question you'd like me to answer on the air, go to lifecoachingforparents.com slash record my question and you can send me a voicemail recording or write me an email and I'll answer it on the air. Thanks again. Have a great day.